Welcome to the Green Dragons. There and back again, part two: the Battle of Five Armies. Dwarfs dun, versus dun, elves. Dun. So amazing. I'm Jeremy. This is Kylie. Hey. And we're going to continue our coverage of the There and Back Again supplement for our wonderful living game that's still releasing things. How exciting about the Berserkers are you, Kylie? I love those kind no, of Berserkers. Not as excited as I am for some of the new. Lake Town stuff that we discussed last episode, but still it. pretty excited. I love that we're getting a trickle of, of stuff coming out that's good. The Lake Town buildings, the Gundabab Berserkers, the Dwarves, so much stuff in it. It's going to continue for a while, so it's very excited. There and is I'm, life in this game. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It's going to take us a long time to get through these scenarios because we've... Go listen to our last episode. We talked about the basically the four of the Necromancer ones, and now we're moving on to the Battle of Five Armies proper. So we've got the Iron Hills Dwarves being introduced, and we're going to talk about them as we go. But we were both very excited about this first scenario. We're up to scenario number 17 of the big campaign called The Iron Hills Arrive. And it is very rare day indeed where you have all evil models or all good models fighting each other in a scenario. And I love it. Love it so much. This is straight out of the extended edition of the movie. Yeah. Because in the in the theatre release, we didn't have the elves actually fight the dwarves. We sort of implied it, but we didn't get it happening. But in this case, we actually do. And what a fight it is. It's it's a scary amount of elves. You've got 36 elf infantry. Oh, yeah. But uh, those goat riders. That's a lot of goat riders. 24 goat riders. Oh. I'm going to... look Basically... We're going to do like probably some other podcasts do by now and you'll get pay you a fortune per episode just so I could like spend it all on goat riders. I'll say it's for equipment. People like all the other podcasts do and just say, oh, the equipment's really expensive. We have to keep buying that. And our hosting costs, we have to pay like $100 a year. So that's really expensive. We need like big donations, but really it's all going to goat riders. So we'll set up a special account for you to donate the Green Dragon Goat Rider Fund for our 24 goat riders. And you know they're only going to come in packs of two. <laughs> I know they're going to come in packs of two. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to play this scenario, but oh, the poor bank, the poor bank. So many goat riders. I was actually shocked. 24 goat riders. I thought that must be a misprint. They must mean 24 Iron Hill Dwarfs. No. no. No, it's goat riders. Can you imagine the bundle deal that has 24 goat riders <laughs> in it and the price tag on it? <laughs> I am expecting it over 500. I reckon it's going to be it's more than be your smog, new car. <laughs> it's going to be smog level. Yep. Okay. So we've got this scenario where basically you've got an all dwarf cavalry army against With an al- some ballistas, uh, fire support. What the hell are we talking about? A dwarf cavalry army fighting against an elf infantry army. This is just bizarre. So it's very exciting. We've got Dane himself on a pig. And of course, all his mates ride goats. Just yes. because that's how, that's how it works. That's how well, it works. Well, except for the mates, you know, find the old twiddly little yeah, and we've got the ballistas, which prevent a lot of the bowfire. Yeah, Interesting. so all that awesome elven bowfire, yeah, can um go disappear now. Which is uh, pretty lucky, considering that the goat riders aren't the toughest dwarves we've ever seen in the world. No, they are not. They're actually killable. There's some, some special rules in this scenario, but the most important part is going to be the profiles. So we'll go over them very quickly with special rules. But basically, it's going to be a straight-out fight where your aim is to break the other person. Mm. So once one side gets broken... The other one, then Azog's Legion comes and they all say, oh, we're friends now. Let's fight together. But you get a better devastating charge on the Goat Riders. So they, they've improved the Goat Riders. They've made them knock down on a, a 4 plus rather than a 5 plus, which is pretty solid. And then you've got this wonderful rule, which we're talking about in the break, some of the possibilities for it. When Therendwil or Dane calls a heroic action, the other one has to respond in kind by calling the same action. So now it says heroic action. We, we, we start off thinking about calling heroic strikes and heroic combats to be awkward and stuffing them up. But then it gets even better when, oh, I'm going to do a heroic shoot. Or here's a heroic I'm march. Much. Yeah, heroic move. And all kind, you could do all kinds of crazy things in there to suck each other's might. What I have a feeling in this scenario is either both players are going to avoid using their might altogether and be really cagey with it. Or the might's going to get thrown out the window immediately. It's going to be amazing. Excited about this scenario. Now, first of all, I know we want to talk about the dwarves, but let's talk about Tharanduil and the owls and the changes there, because I think that's pretty quick, pretty solid. They're pretty quick, but they're very substantial. First of all, an elk. An elk. Oh, yes, an elk. 
oh my god, how did I like not immediately jump on the elk? So the elk is like amazing. You've got a two wound yeah. cavalry model basically, and y- you pay the twenty points for this elk, but you would definitely pay that for the two wounds. But you also get Kylie's favorite strength five. Strength five. Strength five on an elf. Whoever said elves aren't tough and are all strength three are lying to you. Not only that, you've got an expert rider on your elk, so that's that's pretty damn yeah. handy. You've got it's it's a solid option. Thorndor was was really good, and to be able to have that extra option is just fantastic. So I, I can see the elk appearing quite a bit. I know that lots of people have already converted it up because there's been some some mm. other companies make conversion kits. It looks really nice. I never got round to converting mine up. I might actually have two of the models. I'm not sure. So I'm not sure whether or not I'll convert it up or I'll get a new model. It depends when it's released, really. If, mm. if Forgeord gets their move on and releases it soon, I'll just get their elk. If it takes a while and all the dwarves come out and I have my 24 goat riders, then I might consider converting the elk. As well, he also can take the elk bow in this uh, in this form now, oh, too. Oh, nice. Because so he's been consolidated. Of, yeah. Consolidated. I'm not sure if it, this one is also completely abolishing the magic hat alternative from the free peoples, but... I don't think so. It doesn't have a designer's note, and it's got this specifically long title. Therindul, yeah. king of the woodland realm, bracket elf. So it's going to be... I think he's going to keep two profiles. I think he's got the magic-y one with the the staff and the, the hat and the cause of terror, and then this one. And drops nature's wrath on Nature's you. wrath, yeah, on a six. Yeah, I don't think that one changes. But what I really liked... I've got a bunch of these Merkwood Elves and I never got around to painting them up and I will definitely do that now. One, because they weren't in any scenarios, so it wasn't that. Two, because in terms of games, if I was going competitive for a tournament, they used to not be the best option in the world. They were okay, but they weren't the best. But now I think they are really solid. Now that they've hit heavy armor, uh, level of of power. They've basically got the yeah. high elf armor now instead of the, the wood elf armor. And they can also grab banners. Yes, so banners... High, and their cavalry, which I thought was good already, can get shields. So you can. Oh yes! Oh god, I didn't even see that. Yeah. So you can get to defense six in these elves, which is fantastic. So suddenly, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's they're pretty good. They're playable on their own now. So the option of giving a banner, the option, the glaives are a cool weapon. The shield guys are actually useful now. Before, mm. before there's not a huge amount of point in the shield. You just buy the glaives because they gave you so much more options. They gave you the shielding option. They gave you everything. Now you've got a much, much stronger choice. Yeah, those those shields are now going from five to six is a is a very good jump. That's the good jump. That's what you want. Yeah, because there's a lot of strength three hanging around. So there's a lot of strength five now too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I think I think this force is looking much more appealing now. Like interesting in the scenarios, a bit of a spoiler here. There's no elf cavalry in the scenarios, so that those models just appear in the game. I think. Maybe we as the Green Dragon might make a scenario with them. Could be good fun. Because mm. I've, I've actually got quite a few. So I keep joking about the Goat Riders, how many I have. But I almost have that many um, of the Elf ones. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> now, the, the Iron Hills Dwarves. The Iron Hills Dwarves. Okay. Let's talk about now, the Big Daddy first. Dane, unfortunately, didn't get nerfed. Now, I was really hoping that. he was going to get nerfed. Why? Why? Because his profile as it is, is stupidly efficient and is stupidly amazing. And I can't believe they gave him a 12-inch Stamfast that makes everything pass Courage Test forever. Yeah, he's like the rules of all our favorite heroes put into one. He's like, I don't know, just a, the, the most beastly combat hero with Brand taped to his back. And utility taped to his back and Durin taped to his back. Like he's got so much survivability, yeah. so much offensive pressure so much utility and okay yeah he has a fiery temple rule but it doesn't it doesn't trigger until he's killed a model so but he, he, let's face it he's gonna be killing a model yes like you you're not paying well, it, over just, 150 be, points yeah. for a guy that's not killing a model it'd be nice though for it for you to be able to force that hand a bit so get into his charge range and force him to charge yeah well you could charge him he's probably gonna kill you uh, no, because he can. He has a two-handed hammer, so he can elect to go <laughs> non-lethal, smack someone with the hammer, and then headbutt another model. You know what? I'm happy if he's doing that. Like if he's if he's going non-lethal, I'm happy because this guy is lethal. So fantastic model. Can't wait to get him on the board. Look, I'm not as stressed about him as other people are because bottom line is he's a combat hero that's costing you like upwards of 150 points. He he is your army. 160 on board. Yeah, 160 on board. So. 
he's still avoidable. I know the ball is fast. I know that move eight is nothing to sneeze at. But once he gets a kill, you can start playing around with his fiery temper and making him charge in the wrong direction and pull him away and this sort of stuff. And as someone who's played Bayonne, like it's actually, uh, it, it really is, is a downside. Yeah. You can easily lose him for a whole game by chasing a couple handful of models, a cavalry model that he keeps running around the game after. So yes, everything looks amazing, but he can probably disappear. While he disappears, you must, must, must take advantage and kill some of the dwarves because you can't just rely on breaking them while he's on the table. You need to you need to whittle them down and then you need to eventually go for him and knock him out. I agree. It, it's a tough profile, without a doubt. It, it is a very tough profile. It's it's up there with your um, Aragons and your Boromirs in, in terms of how difficult it can be to deal with. Oh, absolutely. He's, a, he's an absolute killer. But he's got a In fact, it's probably weakness. going to take you an Aragorn or a Boromir to even have an attempt at trying to take him out. Uh, look, I think it's going to be one that you just have to bring the magic out at some point, like the old school way. Yeah, mitigate, mitigate, mitigate. A suck down his might, strike I was, up. I was just trap. disappointed they gave him strength four. I felt he didn't need the strength four straight. They didn't give him strength four because I felt that the strength five was overkill with Burley. He's, he's just a killer, straight out. Yeah. Yep. No, fantastic. Can't wait to get that model. We've already we both got him on order, don't we? Yes. Yes, yes we do. So we can't be that upset about it. Now we go to the goat riders. So this is interesting. We talk about the goats before we talk about the warriors they turn into. So these models are our first dwarf cavalry. They are. Well, soft dwarf soft, cavalry. Because yeah. some of the dwarves, they could get ponies and stuff. Oh, fine. No, As a true no. warrior true. actually fielding them in force, yes, they are our first dwarf cavalry. Now, first thing I noticed about these models were the defense doesn't look particularly dwarf-like. Defense 6 is fairly low on the dwarf spectrum. It's fairly high on the everyone else spectrum, but on the dwarf spectrum, it's not as amazing as you'd think for dwarves. Often with dwarves, you're thinking defense 7 or 8. Yeah. So defense 6, you can have a go at that. It's not unbeatable. Your heroes are usually wounding them on a 5. The, the fact is that your strength through archery can take them out. Yep. So they're, they're not unbeatable there straight away. They've got the ultimate cavalry war gear set up with the heavy armor and the war spear. And that's a war spear. So that turns into a regular spear when they get knocked flying off their uh, goats. But more importantly, they have mountain dwellers, which we saw coming, but it's still really good. Having played lots of dwarf ranges, mountain dwellers is extraordinarily good. Yes. And... Devastating charge. It, yes, yeah, it reminds cool. me of the uh, the camels in that respect. The doing doing uh, damage, well, not damage, but doing stuff before combat even starts. So when you charge into a man-sized model on a five plus, you knock them to the ground before the combat phase. Yeah. So the, normally you win the combat and you knock them during it, but it's just that insurance of they can't actually hit you if they win the combat. Yeah. So it gives you extra survivability there. So this is good. The fantastic thing is it still works on heroes. So throwing yes. this into a big hero, there's nothing they can do to stop it. There's no mm. fate to it. There's nothing else. So on a five plus, you're knocking that down. And it doesn't actually matter if you've already been charged. So just say Boromir's... Well, not Boromir. You're probably not going to charge Tharanduil's on foot there. He's standing around, dancing around. You hit him with one goat rider. Doesn't knock him down. So then you throw another one in and eventually knocks him down. Mm. So this is this are, these are really nice models. You said the war spear turns into a spear. It means you're going to have to have some models with just spear and no shield. Yeah. So, <laughs> once again, more expense. But, so be it. So be it. So be it. Should be fun to play. I could see these turning up into actual armulus as well. Mm. Now, the, what are they called? Einhild's Dwarf Captains are actually also fairly, fairly good. No, let me rephrase that. They're actually really good. Now, considering that the... Iron Hill Dwarves can be led by the Champions of Erebor. They needed something to sort of bring him up to that level. So aside from having the regular Shield Wall rule that all the Iron Hills infantry have, they have a special rule called Tactical Awareness, which means when an enemy model within six inches calls a heroic action, roll the dice. On a five plus, this model may immediately call the same action without expending any might. I can't wait this in the that scenario. Is so good. Where Therundul calls something stupid like a heroic shoot and then they get to call it a heroic shoot and Dane gets to call it a heroic shoot and everyone calls it a heroic shoot and it's useless. But yeah, you can see that is that is fantastic. And we commented this and, we, and you were talking about how powerful this hero was, but I really like that they actually do compete with the, the, the heroes of Erebor, which we'll get to at some point. 
So y- these are really tempting models to take. As captain standard profiles, I could see you taking all these, really. They're good. Mm, they're really no, good. They're very good. Very Fantastic very, very war good. gear options as well. Mm. So it's a war goat. Or you could put a Matic, which is which is an all right weapon. It's basically a you could potentially go non lethal or you can you can be lethal with it. So having a non lethal strike is always useful. I like it. I like it. So does that cover all the models from that scenario? I can't wait to play that scenario. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Exciting. I'm fairly confident it is. Then the clouds burst in the next scenario. So we have the evil models show up. So of course the the elves and the dwarves put on in a temporary alliance while the Azog's force comes along. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Absolutely. We've got the Iron Hills Dwarves infantry there. So this one doesn't actually tell you what weapons they have, which I thought was a little bit disappointing because I like to know what weapons they include in the scenario. I'm going to make the assumption it's the spear shield ones because my guess is they probably made the scenario before there was a decision to, to give them more war gear. That's yes. the only thing I can Which think. we will get to momentarily. Yeah. So... Just this standard profile of the spear shield guys was pretty solid, and that those models have been released. Yes. So potentially this is a scenario where I think we could actually play it now, except for the elf. Is that right? No yes. trolls. Gun to bed trolls. 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 Yeah. So in the evil side, we've got gun to bed trolls. Could use some mortal trolls as proxies. I think mortal trolls yeah. in the meantime. Yeah, this would be good fun. This, the board's nice and simple. It's a big, big fight. That's it. Yeah, I can also see this being played as a three-player variant with um, one player taking the elves, the second player taking the dwarves, and the third player playing the Gundabads. Yeah, absolutely. So it's basically you've got to keep Therinduil and Dane alive. For 10 turns. Now, that may not sound like a difficult thing to do, but... Look, let's do, it. let's do our normal tactics. Let's be honest. Run away. Run yeah. away for 10 turns. Now, can we do that in this scenario? No, you cannot. No, you can't back away. You can, well, you can back away. You can back away with the elves, but you can't back away with the dwarves. Yep. So in the move phase, you cannot go backwards. You cannot move towards the western table edge. Plus, once Dane kills a model, he's charging forwards. You, you pretty much... That, that You're committed. Other way. You're yeah. committed. You're fighting your way out. You're not running You can away. do some clever, tricky things like heroic combats to push stuff out of range, but... Yeah. I'm back towards yeah. the elves, but... That's going to take some magical voodoo wizardry to be able to pull off. That's right. And look, the Gundabed Orcs force is a reinforcement force. So you've already got 36 Gundabed Orcs on the board and they're potentially coming back. This is this is a scary fight for the Dwarves and Elves. Yes. Fortunately, you do have Defense 8 Dwarves. So that does help. But it does still, help. Unfortunately, they're, they're, they're up against Gundabad Orcs, which are the things designed to kill them. That's right. Rerolling ones. Yeah, you can definitely take them out. So it's another good one. The, Let's talk about the Gundabad troll. Let's talk about that profile because that's one that we haven't seen before. I was surprised when I saw this profile. I did the quick mathematics in my head, much to Jeremy's uh, dismay. Well, yeah, because I just don't trust your mathematics. But this is where we first started to, to believe that maybe in the next time there's rules, monsters might be getting a bit of a hit. Yes. Because all the monsters that show up, just a bit of a spoiler as well, seem really good value. Extraordinarily good value. Really good value. So much so that maybe I'll have an all-monster army at some tournaments very soon. Yeah. While so it lasts. for 120 points, Yes. for a Gundabad troll, you get a mortal troll with extra courage, extra defense, and extra wounds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. And you get an awesome special rule. Yes, you do. It gives you the choice of two weapons. So your special weapon's are either going to be a crushing club, so which that means is that you get D3 wounds instead of one wound, and you can also knock to the ground if it survives. Three plus, knock to the ground. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to take that, which of course is an amazing rule, that's really good against heroes. The yeah, next one's that, probably better against troops. That's for smushing heroes. The yeah. next one's for smushing troops. So this one here, the scythe gauntlets, so you've got a bit of spikes on your gloves, so you're all ready to go. You get... A one plus bonus to strike when rolling to wound. You, What's that? I rolled a five. That means I rolled a six. Ugh. Yeah, but like your strength seven already. I know. And you got brutal power attacks to you, on the back. You're rending, so you're probably hitting on a three plus anyway. That goes to a two plus to wound. Ugh. It's Amazing. only on strikes, though, not two wound rolls. It's only for the draws. Oh, no. Sorry. Strikes when rolling to wound. So, yeah. Yeah. You go to yeah. Too scary good. These guys are going to be cutting holes and things, and they've got the standard terror, and they 
get to re-roll wounds against ones against elves and dwarves like all the Gundabad models. It just looked really nice. I'm glad they're coming out of this because this was in the movie and I I was actually going to convert one up and never got around to it and I'm glad it's coming out. It's going to be good. I might still convert one up just to... Because you need three in some of the scenarios. So I might still do my own conversions. Yeah, it, it makes them... I was very surprised when I saw that profile. Very surprised. I would... If I was... If I had that profile i would be costing that around 140 points yeah but you haven't seen the new four rules. four wounds are pr- is pretty ridiculous oh, look, I'm, I'm not i'm not disagreeing i think it's i, I do think the monsters are, are bargain in this book straight out like that's and i i think there's there's a reason for that i can't believe that all the monsters would be significantly cheaper for no reason yeah but the good and the bad orc warrior got a very small very minimal buff oh it's got the best buff Banners can take a banner. Not although, although we will find out in probably don't need them. <laughs> you probably don't need them in the future. Kind of little uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Maybe in a specific army, but what what this means is Gundabads are playable at all points levels. Yes, because you can take a pure Gundabad force and not have to worry about the hunter or carrying the banner. And you also don't have to worry about the whole fact that oh, look, I'm playing that one scenario that requires me to have a banner, otherwise I lose victory points. Yeah, hopefully that scenario disappears as well. But there's also, some of us have attained Gundabad-type banner models from places like Unreleased Miniatures, so it's good that they actually get to put on the battlefield instead of just in our own homebrew scenarios. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. They look really cool with banners. The next scenario, I am so excited about. Oh, wait, there's one other one we forgot to mention. The Iron Hill Dwarves. We talked about them, didn't we? No, they have weapon options now. Oh, okay. Let's not, talk not about just, the weapon Not options. just, hey, look, I have a, a spear and a shield, but they also can take banners, but they can also take two-handed weapons, which can be used to bash or pierce, or they can take crossbows, which adds so much diversity to their list. Yes. Yeah, that's scary. Wolf crossbows. For one point when everyone else pays two. <laughs> yeah, but Ugh. you're giving up... that. What's the shield rule? Tell us about the shield rule because that's fantastic. Yeah, so the shield rule is if you're in contact with another two models with a shield, you get a plus one bonus to your defense. So three dwarves in a triangle formation, the defense eight. Yeah. And look, some people are confused by this, but it's really, really easy. You look at the model, when they fight, oh, it's, it's after pushback, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So they get struck, they get pushed back. If, if at that point... You're you're in base contact with two models, so usually the bloke behind you and the bloke next to you, then you're all good. Yeah. Your defense eight. If you're not, you don't get it. You're it's very in, simple. You're not in contact. Look very at powerful. It. Look how many you're touching. Remember, one can back away with you. Yes. So ideally, you want to set it up so that your line bounces back. So you hit you 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 travel back an inch. You you brush against the model next to you, and the one that was behind you falls back as well. Yeah. So that's what you want to do. Barge is your best friend if you want to actually try and take this kind of an army down. Yeah, absolutely. You want to you want to split them up as much as you can because they have to be really tied in. It might not be as easy to get as you think. Mm. They feel very Urukai-esque. Yeah, this, this dwarf army does feel a bit like the old school Urukai. I think it's going to be very so popular. I think, um, I think Urukai will have a bit more tricks, have a bit more tricks up their sleeve. Well, I don't know. Look at this next scenario, the chariots charge. There's some serious tricks here. I retract my previous statement. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. So suddenly we're going straight to the extended edition again and we've got a chariot fight. Okay. Okay, chariots. I hope that all the chariots in the game get modified to very similar rules, but wow. Yeah, the chariots again. If they do, I don't think we need our eight eight counted chariots yeah, or whatever. No, no, I think the four that I have at the moment is plenty enough. Oh, once again, I'm silly for buying too No, I'm not silly for buying too much. In this in this scenario, we've got an interesting victory condition in the good side just has to get the kill count tally. So you have to keep track of how many moles they kill. You've got to get up to 30 before you break. And you've got two chariots to do it. You do. So those chariots, I imagine, are doing most of the heavy lifting. Because your participants for the good models are your Iron Hills Dwarf Captain, which we talked about. You've got 12 Iron Hill Dwarves with the spear and shield. They're very specific about this time, which is good. Because if you had crossbows, just take 12 crossbows, sit at the back, get the kills that way. No. 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 And then you've got your ultimate weapon, two Iron Hills, Dwarves, Chariots. They've got so much damage potential. I think they look extraordinarily good on paper, but are going to be much more difficult to execute because they have un- they move very similar to the Mumak, but unlike the Mumak, they have a couple of blind spots. Yes, they've got firing arcs. 
Yes. But they've so got a basically crossbow machine gun on the back of them, which is pretty good. But it can only fire on the starboard and port side. For, the use, for those of you playing at home, that's the left and the right. And it's a 45-degree arc. So It can fire forward, can't it? No, it cannot fire forward. Really? The bolt thrower only has a limited field of fire 45 degrees to its left or right. No, that's within 45, isn't it? Let's have a look. No. No, no. Go go to page number 151. 151. 151. You've got a chariot template here. So what you've got here, you got you can pivot the chariot. Yes. You can pivot the chariot. That's the chariot's move up. Yeah. Look at the last paragraph. When firing the rapid fire bolt thrower, place the template as described above. This is the rapid fire bolt thrower's field of fire. So you can go up to 45 degrees from the center point either side of it. So that's your fire arc. So you're basically firing forwards up to 45 degrees. So literally place the model on that template. Ah, oh, so it is only fire forward. I so thought it was like more of a broadside kind of thing. No, it's not I a broadside. I stand corrected. No, it's, it's I apologize. Forward. So you, you've got a 360 degree model. You've got a round model. Basically, you, you've got a quarter of the model that can fire out of. It's the front. So the front part, a quarter of it's going to be copy fire. So that means that you can be behind the model and not be threatened at or all. beside by it. Beside it, yes. Beside it or behind it, you're all good. So, yes, it does mean that they probably have to be traveling at the enemy a lot. They also have a turning template. So yes, which is very... So you can't just spin around. Which is, no, not very familiar. Eerily familiar to the old Gorkamorka like move. <laughs> move, move, I can't wait to play these. Yeah. So, basically, you can pivot it 45 degrees at the start of this move. Kind of like, sort of like the Mumak, but the Mumak kind of just points in a direction and go, go, go. So these guys, you point it 45 degrees, move it four inches, killing stuff as you move into contact with it over that four inches, like Mumak. Then you have another 45 degree move, and then you can move it another four inches forward. Yeah, look at this model, and it's, it's got two pages of moves. It's got enough rules for the, as the Mumak. What I like about it is they've mean that magic can't prevent it moving. So you can't yes. transfix it, paralyze it. You can still do magic at the, the crew, but they don't knock it off. So you can't just sorcerer blast the crew off the side of it. They got they can yeah. pop a hit, but they won't die. You can also upgrade the crew to to monsters. Like you can put them you can have Einhill Dwarf captains driving the chariot. Yes. And if you want to take that one step further, you can have the champions of Erebor driving the chariot. So it's chariot. this Killy, Philly, Dwalin and Balin, is it? Yeah, and they are ridiculous. Uh, they are so so ridiculous. Yeah, but they also they cost like all 500 participate points. in the fight. It's a five hundred point model, all right. Yeah, it, it's huge. It's a whole army on its own, and it's got the, the four dwarf heroes who are the dwarf heroes fighting on the chariot. We're not going to cover this all in this one episode. This is going to be a know thine enemy whole episode on its own oh, at yeah, some point in the definitely. future. We can't possibly ca- talk about everything the chariot does. We've got to get on the table. We've got to try it out. It's it's changed the game. It's huge. Yeah. It, it's its interacts are. Re- really powerful but i can see some ways of being able to play against it of course but at this point in time they're they're all theory they're not yes. in practice because we have not put them on the table we have not proxied them we definitely will be playing them at some point uh, i know that once again there's some companies have already made some so forge or hurry up and make yours otherwise we'll have to, to stick with the, the other companies i'm happy to do that because I, I would like to play the scenario so yeah all I need is a chariot. I might actually put some money. To, I've spent so much on chariots and goats. But <laughs> it's going to give me some variety and that sort of stuff. I might grab a chariot, so you might only need to grab two. That might be the way to go. Yeah, that would be fun. So do we? is the next scenario the Unleash the War Beast? I Unleash think the War Beast. Yeah. Now, this one's got the picture of the signal tower on that. So I got very excited thinking maybe this has a signal tower in it. Nope. Nope. No nope. signal tower in this mission. Nope. nope. Anyway, moving on. I am the kind of person who always looks at the evil models. I don't know why. I was talking to Kylie about this earlier on. When I got this book, I went straight to the Gundabed profiles. I went straight to look at the ogres. I went straight to all these ones to find out what kind of models I have as an evil player. I don't know that I play evil more than good, but I just think that I like to see the evil be a threat. So when I looked at this, I saw oh, yeah. Gundabed ogres. Then I went to the Gundabed ogres profile and I... This is my time to be flawed. This is the time to get excited. I look at these and they're ugly models, but they're ogres. You expect ugly models. You want them to look ugly. They were in the movie. These could be the best value monsters in the game. Good and bad ogres. Wow. 60 points and you get basically close to a troll profile. They're, when I first saw this model, I was I was 
I was speechless. You I, still are speechless, actually. Let's face it. You just yeah. did an awkward speech for like multiple seconds. So they're way cheaper than what I believe they should be. And Once again, monsters might change. I think they will. Yeah. Like they're at least 10 points cheaper than they should be. And they've got a Goblin King special where they can just boulder on through their own guys to get into combat. Yeah. So you could. And they're 60 points. Yeah. And move eight. Yeah. Yeah. Move eight for 60 points. Like three attacks. Oh my God. Three wounds. Defense rubbish. But But they got three wounds at defense five. That's fine. Yeah. No, look. Elven Bowfire will tick them. Well, not. No. Elven Bowfire is a threat. But other than that. But you're still behind your models. You just run over them. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, I like this. I like uh, this force. It, it's it, it's a model that, that just seems absolute value to me. So I was excited. And there's, what do you need for them? Four of them for the scenario? Yeah, you'll pick up four and run four in an army. Yeah, I, I would. Easily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, happily spend, spend that. <laughs> good, good stuff. Your good models are your Iron Hills Captain, 24 Iron Hills Dwarves with Spear and Shield, and two Iron Hills Chariots. And the whole objective is to let the chariot survive, keep them alive for as long as possible. Yeah, you're trying yeah. to kill the, kill the chariots. So you've got ogres now to try and catch these chariots because the tra- chariots have been causing trouble in the last scenario. Time to bring out the big guns and chase them down. So you've got more dwarfs here. You've got the, the two Iron Hill dwarfs captains, which you know how fun they are. Mm. But these these look like good scenarios. And we don't even mention it. Three Gundabad Orc captains and 36 Gundabad Orc warriors. Now That's a lot. It's a lot. And they come back. Yeah. It's because the amount. We Are Legion special role is prevalent in all of these scenarios. Now, I sort of gloss over these because I actually have them all painted up. I've got the 36. I need to get a few more just even up the 18 spear, 18 shield because I did convert a bunch to have both. So yeah. I honestly might go back to some of my spearmen and put them back to hand weapons and mm. then probably get some more spearmen on their own just so yeah. I can play the scenarios properly. I don't mind doing that. I'm okay with that. I don't mind a little bit of conversion. I took the risk. I played dodgy. I got the advantage before. I could keep them the same. I could change them. Who knows? But for, for I'm, I do hope they come with plastic ones at some point. Yeah. I will definitely buy another 36 in plastic if they come out. <laughs> Happily. Happily. So now we move into Dale, the foot of foot of Dale. We're entering Dale. We've got Lake Town focus scenarios. So I love these Lake Town scenarios. Um, yeah, especially with all the new funky Lake Town models and the new cool special rules. This one looks, this one looks really cool. Now this one, in fairness, there's not a lot of funky new Lake Town models in it. We've got Bard on horse. We've got Gandalf the Grey. We've got Bilbo. This looks like a scenario we, that was written a long time ago. Yeah. It doesn't look like it has a lot of new things, except for one particular model on the evil side, which is the catapult troll. The catapult troll. Kylie, tell me about this catapult the troll. The catapult troll. So, back in the oldie days, when Return of the King was a new thing, we had the model troll catapult, and we had a thing called troll loaders, which we did. were pretty cool. However, the catapult troll felt that this was still too inefficient. Yes, you got to put the catapult on the troll. So they grabbed the catapult, they stuck it on a troll, and voila, the catapult troll. The interesting part about this is the catapult troll may still fire in the same turn it has moved, even if it goes up to its full move speed. So that you've got a move moving catapult. 
Correct. However, it does hit on a six if you do move. Yeah. So that's that's a big advantage, though, I think, is that you've got a mobile catapult, so yeah. you can get the advantage of that. The problem with the old one was the troll had to stay with the catapult. Yes. So or it, within six inches of the yeah, catapult. Yeah, it always looked really appealing. I thought, yeah, that's all right, I've got this. But now you can slowly move if you want, hit on a six. That's not great. But you can can do that, especially if you throw a march in. Mm. So you throw a march in, run your full move value at your march. Nine inches. Yeah. Then flick your catapult on a six. Roll the six. That's that's my advice for tactics. Roll the six. Hit with the catapult. Roll another six. Don't let it scatter. And away you go. It's a costly model. It's a it big is a costly chunk. model. And it's still got all the effects of a catapult. All of its usual just hit and just destroy things with strength 10. But it also has some really good combat mechanics to prevent people from easily taking it out. Yeah, it's hard to kill in combat. So, aside from it being five wounds at defense seven, which is a ludicrous amount of wounds. Yeah, that's scary. Also, fight six, which is nothing to sneeze at. It also has metal gauntlets, which allow it to smash things back even further when it does a hurl brutal power attack. So, it counts as strength 10. Yeah. So, I think that's kind of more of a thing of they grab you, stick you in the catapult, and then throw you. We talked about monsters getting changed in the next edition, but we definitely know that there's going to be a hurl power attack there because it talks about it specifically in the rules. Yeah, And so, so that's huge. Strength 10 means you're going incredible distances on that hurl. So this is a model that you almost want in combat because you've also got the goblins on the back yeah. who can give you D6 extra strength so three attacks. So if you decide to strike normally, you get an extra D6 strength three attacks to inflict upon unfortunate foes who are in combat with you. You could potentially throw nine attacks out. Yes. That's that's pretty good as well. Unfortunately, you can't do that if you're using a brutal power attack. But No. And I wasn't sure if this model was on points with the regular catapults and stuff, but upon retrospection, I reckon they're on point and it's very well costed. I think it's going to suffer a bit from the whole... It does everything, but it can't do it all at once. Yeah. Like, if you're firing the catapult, you're probably not in combat. Yeah, especially since the mortal catapult, okay, costs exactly the same amount with the troll and the catapult, but it can fire twice. This can only fire once. Yeah. So, there is a trade-off. Absolutely. But it's flexible. It is extraordinarily flexible. And it's much easier to defend and move around and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be a fun model. I don't think it's going to be one that we see optimal in in tournament. And it has a shorter minimum range too. It's got a minimum range twelve. Yeah, so that's that's pretty things. good. But still, you want to be in combat, so that might yeah. even be a long time. But I can't wait to play in this scenario because you've got a catapult troll trying to shoot down a very small amount of Lake Town warriors and bard. And that that's going to be nasty. Mm. I also find it funny that Gandalf's in this scenario, and it's got a uh, special rule called Gandalf's staff. Ah, uh, sorry, Radagast staff. Whenever Gandalf the Grey declares he is casting a magical power, declare how many will points you are using and then roll a single d6. If the result is a one or a two, the magical carries is not passed, cast and the will points declared are lost. So I like it that Radagast has learned uh, Gandalf his staff and Gandalf's not too familiar with this staff and it's just not kind of working. And it's it kind of, in a way, reminds me of Harry Potter with the whole wand law going on there, which I find is kind of really cool. It sounds impressive. I just imagine how annoying it's going to be trying to like cast a blinding light or something pretty standard yeah. and just failing turn after turn because you're throwing a couple points of will at it, maybe you want your free one, and then just failing. It's, at least you nasty. do get a free point now, though. So That's true. you got a you free point. You do remain relevant. But still, you cannot rely on your magic powers, which is and fun. And I think the thing I love about this scenario is the fact that it's a run across the board with a hobbit. So you're guaranteed, even if you march the entire way across the board, to be stuck at that entrance yes. to the ramp and you've got to fight your way up. Yeah, into, they're going to catch you. Yeah, I yeah. reckon that's really cool. <laughs> it's annoying. Whenever there's a run scenario, there's always a hobbit around, isn't there? <laughs> or always. a dwarf, just, just yep. to slow things to, down. Uh, yep. Always. So our next one along is, is the Battle in the Streets of Dale. And this one, we've got, we've got the Bard, we've got Percy, we've got Gandalf, Bilbo, Alfred, and 24 Militia. So you've got a pretty decent sized Lake Town force there. Yeah, and we've been over Percy, and um, yeah, we've been over Percy, the new Lake Town. We've stuff, been so. over Alfred, but Alfred doesn't get to use his dubious council special rule in this mission because yeah, no you're one not cares a, you're, about He's him. not a man; he's a weasel. But, That's what the special rule says. But because Bard doesn't have his children, he gets, he gets free heroic action each turn. Yeah, 
don't need you, Alfred. No, listen to what, your Watch me do all the things. Yeah, this is Look even at me, better. I'm Aragorn. Yeah. Now, the evil side looks scary in this force. Yeah, especially since Gundabad's keep coming back. It's ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. 36 Gundabad warriors, two captains, no, three captains, and two trolls. The trolls are manageable with Gandalf, but Gandalf's got a bit of a faulty, uh, faulty hardware there with his uh, oh, staff. You know so. it's going to come back to bite you. You got ten turns to, for Bard to exit the board, so you've it's basically a running gun scenario. So it's going to be a lot of tag team with Gandalf and a lot of a lot of actions. Mm, I think also Bilbo is going to come in a big play here as Master Burglar, being able to run into those trolls and half their fight value is going to be a huge asset. Yeah, I can't wait for Lake Town to take down those trolls. That will be fun. But still, so many Gundabed warriors, and they're tough as anything. So hard to get through. At least you've got like a decent block of people, like decent, sorry, decent block of militia behind you, and they are with bards, so they're on equal fighting terms, and yeah. they, they'll put up a fight. They will put up a fight. That's it. And you're just trying to escort bard off. So if they yeah. die, they die. Now we move on to a scenario that I've been so excited about. This looks amazing. This this looks like one of the, along with the fight in the house, this looks like one of those scenarios that we're probably going to get at pretty quick. The fact that it's on a two foot by two foot board in Dale, the Dale looks amazing in the moves. I can't wait to make this. And this is the first board I'm going to make with it. Like you're going to put the first yeah. buildings on this two foot by two foot Dale board. And the participants are just fantastic and thematic. You've got Bard and his family. Bard, That's it. Bane, Sigrid. Tilda, that's, and that's it. it. And we talked about the combinations they did in, in the previous episode. That's going to be fun just to fight with. And you're against a skirmish force of evil models. You've got one Gundabad ogre, which are amazing. And then you've got six Gundabad orcs. Six. Six. That's all. That's all. So four start in uh, base contact with Bard. And the remainder start in base... Uh, not in base contact, but basically in combat charge range of... um. Bane, Sigrid, Tilda, and you've got to get you've got to get fancy with Bane, I think in the in these openings opening turns to deal with those two Gundabad orcs uh, attacking his sisters. I think they'll be okay. Well, maybe they. You won't got the be. free heroic? No, not the free heroics. You got the the fight value boost to four. Yeah, that's so right. that's going to be very useful. But yeah, ooh, the two fate makes me worried. It makes me really worried. Yeah, that, that is kind of scary, actually. And then you've got a Gundabad ogre coming down the street at you as well. And the good models... And you've only got four turns to deal with that. Four turns grace before that ogre is on top of you. Yeah. Or is it less? Is the Gundabad ogre faster than that? I'm not sure. Oh, no. They're they're eight. Yeah. So you've got three turns before that ogre is on top of you and messing up your day. Unless you manage to run towards Bard and you can get some shots at it. Or maybe you get a sneaky heroic combat off with Bane. Well, I think that's what you're going to be doing, isn't it? You're going to be trying for the heroic combat. Because, yeah, you got the, actually, no, you do. You do have the heroic combat because you'll be within range of Sigrid and Tilda. So Bane's got to get some work done, take out one of those Gundabad orcs. Well, the ideal maybe situation... Maybe try and f- bounce both of both of them. The, the ideal situation would be to have Bane and one of his sisters trapping the Gundabad orc against something, even the other sister, and then the other sister holding off the Gundabad orc while they call the heroic combat. Yes. And then you jump the into the other one. Yeah. So you you try to get that move off. It's probably not going to happen, but that could be really fun. And I feel like this scenario is one that's not going to take very long to play. No, it's not. It looks like one of those ones you're going to have. A bit like Farmer Maggot's Farm. It looks like a half an hour scenario. Yeah. You go there and you play it five times in a night, which I love those scenarios on a small board. It's it's the best thing to introduce people to the game. Because it's got some really recognizable characters from from the movies as well in Bard and his family. They're so iconic. And look, from people that we talked about, things like the war goat scenario where you're going to spend a fortune, this one's quite affordable. You get your one Gundabad Ogre, you get your two packs of Gundabad Orcs and your family, and you've got a fun scenario to play with. Mm. You don't have to play all the scenarios. Like, you can, like we're going to do, but something like this looks looks fun. So, hopefully we'll get onto this soon. Hopefully we'll do a scenario spotlight and really talk about it and whether there needs changes. Because this one, I think, just brings me back to, to when I was younger. Well, I was an adult, but... Just starting out, I didn't have a huge amount of money because I was a uni student when I first started Lord of the Rings and I would look for these scenarios. I will try and find yeah. them so I could make the board, make the models and play them. I, I just love how these three models constantly keep procking up in scenarios. I love it. Well, they procked up all throughout the movie, so why not? But next time, this scenario, this is, I think, this, your one. This is the one this you is, like. 
This is one that I, I really like the look of. It's called The Ultimate Price. And if you all remember in the scene in the movie, Thrandall is charged into Dale. Isaac's being shot down from out under him. He kind of hits the ground, rolls in, and then gradually stands up in front of like in front of dozens of Gundabad orcs and then just starts going to town. And this is what this scenario is. It's, it's Thrandall's last stand, basically. In fact, that's actually one of the special rules. I feel like this is why Therindor had that multiple attack profile. Yes. I think it was written specifically for a scenario like this where he's got 24 Gundabad orcs and two captains potentially up against him all early on, but they don't necessarily want to surround him because he's going to get more and more attacks and then increase the chance of winning the combat. But in this one, with the amount of Gundabad orcs you get and they keep coming back, Sometimes you're not too fussed about going for that one all-in against Randall and hoping he doesn't roll that six. Well, the key is you do it with the captain in there. Yeah. So when the captain goes in, you strike up and see what you can do. Because that, that's your best hope there. But even then, Tharendal can run around and go against terrain and things like that. So you might not get that many attacks in. Mm, but so it looks I fun. really like the look of it. Now, you also get you do get good models as well. You get some Merkwood Elves, 24 of them in the captain. So it's not a small amount. But they start in no man's land. So yes. they've, they've got to make their way towards Tharendwil. So yeah. it's they don't even easy. start on the board. No, that's how far away they are. Yeah. They start on someone else's board. You've got to go to the other table down in your club and see where they are. This looks like fun. And one model scenarios are tricky. We talked about this before. Yes. They, they're, they're not easy to run. They're not easy in the ballots. This is one where you've got a one model scenario until the rest of the army turns up. And yeah. that's a good way to do the one model scenarios. Yeah, I agree. So it's it's a hold off. Hold off as long as you can. He's probably down to his last point of might and then the elves charge in and start fighting their way and through. And then it's a one-on-one between him and a captain and they yes. both have a point of might striking yes. up and it's, yeah. You know, that, that sounds exciting. I think I'm going to aim to play this one early on. Yeah. I think this board, I can proxy the board early. It's a, it's a big board. It's Dale. But I've got enough buildings of things that I can do something that looks something like Dale early on. And the models are all available at the moment. Yes. Gundabad orcs, Gundabad orc captains, Merkwood on foot, the Merkwood captain, the Merkwood the rangers. It's really good that a lot of these scenarios we have the models available. Mm. So we're probably not going to play them all in order to start with, but we're able to go through and pick out these little ones straight out. So this is exciting. And number 25. This will be the last one for our little section block. I think so. I think we're going to have to yes. have a, an episode break after this one. This is called The People Fight Back. And I love the premise of this scenario. You've got this little six-inch bubble in the center of the table that the good side have to defend. You've only got a ragtag team of Bard, Percy, Alfred, Gandalf, and Bilbo, and a handful of late-town militia to hold off a massive tide of Gundabads. And... I think it's just really well set up. It looks really, really interesting. You've got 24-odd Gundabads, a troll, an ogre, some captains, basically fighting this good force in the front of the Great Hall. And then just when you think you might be out out of it and you're hard-pressed to hold them off, out comes Hilda with her band of renegades coming out of the Great Hall to help out the uh, the last of the, the Lake Town militia and their, their last kind of stand. Yeah, this one feels... Whereas the last one you could do straight away, the models we have now, this one's got a few key models that haven't been released yet. So mm. it feels like a, a recently written scenario. It feels like a new scenario. And I love the idea of Hilda charging out of the Great Hall using a charge special rule. It's going to be fun. I also love the fact that it's it's all focused on this like little six-inch patch in the center of the table that the good size reinforcements are very close to and can quite easily jump in. You've got a real fragile-looking good force. You've got a small amount of Lake Town Warriors on the board with, of course, a Gandalf and a, a Bard and a Bilbo, those sort of players nearby, so that's handy. But it feels like the, the, the Gundabad Orcs will just run over you. They've got an yeah. ogre. They've got a big force. It's, it looks scary. This feels like Lord of the Rings to me. This, yeah. this small force of warriors, ragtag group of warriors with a, a stupid old wizard fighting off a horde of incredibly powerful and handsome orcs. I cannot wait to do this. I really want to build a Dale table. How good's a Dale table? A, gonna Dale, look? a ruined Dale table would be amazing. So in the last episode, I talked about how much I want to make yeah. a Lake Town table. Now I really want to make a Dale table. Would you make it out of Herstarts or? I really don't know. I need to get the Mediterranean roofs and the Herstarts do have a good mold for that. So mm. I might do. I think that might be a good project for like the holidays since we've got those coming up. 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it might be a here starts type one. I might have to to see if we can borrow molds again at some point, or maybe purchase our own. Who knows? Mm. Maybe the stand sandstone molds. Because we have to go back through the movies and have a look at the yeah, architecture again. Yeah, and really let's have a do good that. look. Let's do that. Maybe we can do an episode on making Dale as well. Because yeah, I, I do that'd be cool. I do think the bricks are the way to go. And it might be worth just getting our own if we're going to do that. But yeah, that sounds like a club project. Get everyone together and, and put it together. Because if we can get a sort of Dale house going, we can make lots and lots of them. Mm. Yeah, I think. I'd love to make like a big grand hall on some of the towers and parapets and stuff. That'd be really cool. Yeah, this will be fun. I think it'll, it'll look similar to our desert table, but like complete. And then with, mm. with the, the road, like it's obviously not in the desert, it's in Dale, but. And if we wanted to, too, we could create like fire markers and stuff for when we do the uh, appendix scenarios where Smile oh. comes and attacks Dale. <laughs> yep, yep. No, this is going to be good. Yeah, I think that's enough for this. This yeah. episode, part two, part two. Wow, this has got a lot of content in it. I know that everyone's got the book by now, but I'm hoping our thoughts provide some insight into it. You can tell that we're very scenario focused. Like this, yeah. we're, we're not the kind of people that just get the profiles. And I think honestly, if you look at the profiles we introduced today, just with the Iron Hills profile, people would be happy. Mm. But these scenarios just look so much fun, and I cannot wait to try them out. Cannot, cannot do them. They might not all be balanced. They might not all be perfect. But I want to try them out and see how we go for them because I think they're all going to be fun. Oh, they look like they're going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So that's all from now and we'll see you next time for part three. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.